Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Coffin, and this is The Ethicast. In today's ethics economy, culture is the coin of the realm. Case in point, 71% of the 2023 world's most ethical companies honorees administer a standalone ethical culture survey. And in its 2023 corporate compliance guidance update, the U.S. Department of Justice specifically calls out the importance of measuring culture. With me today is Curtis Light, data analyst for Ethisphere and one of the presenters for the 2023 Ethical Culture Masterclass, a two-day virtual event hosted by Ethisphere on June 13th and 14th. The Ethical Culture Masterclass will provide a deep dive into how to measure culture, how to make sense of the data from culture surveys, and most importantly, how to leverage the insights from that data to improve working conditions and to improve an organization's bottom line. Curtis, thanks so much for joining us. Bill, extremely excited to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, So my first question to you really is sort of a basic one. Why is it important for companies to conduct ethical culture surveys? And specifically, what value does this process create for organizations? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. So uh, measuring ethical culture is really your chance to get your finger on the pulse of what the lived experience is of your ethics and compliance program. So ENC functions are doing all sorts of great work in their organizations, um, but this is a chance to see what what the lived experience is, what is working in practice, what isn't working in practice. And then also what the environment of trust is in the organization. So is there that uh, culture of credibility for the ENC function? Do they trust the reporting process? Um, And then also is there a commitment to ethics at all levels? So from leadership to mid-level managers, all the way down to your your frontline employees, what's that culture look like? How are they interacting with the resources, the training, and also the uh, reporting tools that they have at their disposal. Um, So beyond those types of things, kind of get your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the organization, how people are interacting with the ENC function and those tools and resources. Regulators are expecting this ever ever since the DOJ 2020 guidance, um, which mentions culture eight times. um, There's been an increased kind of conversation around this area. Um, Also, investors are expecting it. And then also, like you alluded to at the top of the call, um, the leaders in the space are doing it. So like you said, 71% of the world's most ethical companies are using a standalone survey to measure ethical culture. Um, And these are the the leaders in the ethics and compliance space. So there's kind of uh, just this general kind of increased uh, focus on it as well, but also measuring ethical culture can help you as an ethics and compliance professional make decisions. So um, it can help you focus your resources. Um, you know, all departments have limited resources. So where do you spend that time and money? Where do you have your people uh, focus their efforts? Uh, so measuring ethical culture can really help you do that, especially for uh you know, the the complexity of organizations that there are today. Yeah. So, Curtis, why is it important for, you know, to gain leadership buy-in early in the process when it comes to measuring ethical culture? Yeah. Yeah, Bill, that's right. It's extremely important. One of the main reasons is because as an ENC function, as you're going through this process, 
it's important to have buy-in from a large number of stakeholders in your organization. So you can't do everything yourself. Um, so leadership can help you gain that buy-in. It's not just about getting the go-ahead or getting the funding or that type of thing. It's about having that support throughout the process. So in, in the process, you'll need support from your communications department, IT, HR, a multitude of different people in your organization. So leadership can help you gain buy-in from other stakeholders uh, outside of your ENC function and make sure that things are running smoothly. But also, as you're conducting the survey, leadership messaging can be incredibly uh, powerful in helping get that response rate that you want for the survey. So uh, any kind of involvement that they can have can really help you get the message out and make sure that your middle level leaders and your kind of uh, frontline employees are on board with the initiative. So yeah, it's, it's really important. Also in, in session one of the masterclass, we'll talk a little bit about some of the hurdles that you may encounter getting that leadership buy-in. Um, so stay tuned for that discussion. As, as we know, there's, you know, finite resources at any organization. So uh, really aligning the goals of the ENC function and of measuring ethical culture with the overall goals of the organization. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in session one. Outstanding. Now, a question I have is, after conducting an ethical culture survey, how are companies supposed to make sense of the, the potentially huge amounts of data that they can get from that? I mean, I've seen what these surveys can produce. It can be a, a huge amount of data. So where do you, where do you, how do you, how do you contextualize that? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's a, it can be a daunting task. There's a lot of data and, you know, we, we certainly recommend capturing lots of demographic data so that you can uh, slice and dice the data between different areas of your business. And so that whole process can be a really confusing thing and it can be a really daunting task. So, the, the biggest kind of recommendation that we have is finding ways to incorporate context into that process. So if at all possible, have a broad benchmark of industry peers that you can compare your results to, that can kind of be the, the anchor to how you did, what areas to focus on, what's significant, um, you know, and then also look for other inputs that you can bring into the process. So other data sources. So think about uh, click metrics on certain resources. You could also think about issue tracking system, the type of reports that are being made, the type of misconduct that's being reported, comparing that to what you saw in the survey and really highlight where there are some gaps. Um, also in the planning process, you wanna be thinking about what you wanna do with the data on the back end. Mm -hmm. Because like we talked about, you're going to want to incorporate some demographic data, if at all possible, for your respondents so that you can do some of that slicing and dicing with the data. But you wanna think about what questions do I wanna answer with this data? What decisions do I want to help make with this data? And so thinking about those demographic cuts that you want to make beforehand can help you uh, make sure that you are ac actively making those decisions based on the data after you've collected it. So it, it's all about setting it up the right way, providing that context with some external data, some benchmarking, and then figuring out what's most important based on those things. 
So what would some key next steps be to operationalizing all of those data-driven insights that you can get from an ethical culture survey? Yeah, absolutely. So you need to really think about how you're going to communicate the results first and foremost. And it's important to have an order of operations per se of how you're going to do that. You know, initially you want to communicate to some high level leaders. I think that makes sense intuitively, but I would also encourage everyone to, if at all possible, communicate the results at a high level with everyone in the organization. You've just gone through this massive survey effort asking your employees to take the time to take this survey. And it's important for them to feel heard and to feel like decisions are being made based on their feedback. So um, it's, it's one of those things that you can combat survey fatigue. We hear that a lot from our clients at, at, at Ethisphere. You know, we're, we've got all these surveys going on, especially post pandemic. Employees are kind of tired of taking surveys. The easiest way to combat that, and in my opinion, is to make sure that employees feel heard and they feel like actions are being taken based on their feedback and that their time wasn't wasted taking that survey. So present the results at a high level to everyone in the organization, if at all possible. Present the opportunities, be candid and transparent. What do you need to work on? Um, What uh, were the highlights? What went really well? And then, present what you're going to do about it. What's the actions that the ENC function is going to take? What's the call to action for everyone in the organization? Mm-hmm. And then follow through on that. And, and that will really gain some momentum year over year as you remeasure in future years to, to kind of see how you did and, and see what impacts you made over, over a year or two year time frame. Yeah. Now, uh, Curtis, I have a follow-up question for you, if you don't mind, that just based off your, your, your answer. And, um, you know, for a lot of companies, an ethical culture survey can be a really great way to be a truth machine to, you know, is our culture what we think it is or is it what it, it's really being lived day to day? And sometimes, you know, a survey uh, can produce results that, you know, a, a company, it may be a bitter pill to swallow. The, you know, they don't, the culture isn't where they thought it was. Right. Um, and sometimes senior leadership may not be so uh, excited to, to tell that story. Right. So. What do you have any kind of recommendations or any kind of advice for ethics compliance officers who have to bring this news to senior management? But also, as you said, it needs to be communicated. There needs to be transparency. But this is a story that maybe not everybody wants to tell. Do you have any 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 thoughts on that? Yeah, I would I would certainly think of this as an opportunity exercise. So we're we're not conducting the survey as a gotcha exercise. Um, especially when we're looking at maybe demographic cuts, maybe a certain area of the business did better than others, or there's a particular area of opportunity. This is really an exercise for you to make data-driven decisions. So present it as an opportunity for your organization to grow. Employees should be excited that something uh, is being done, that actions are being taken, and that the organization took this time and effort and invested in their experience in the everyday frontline employee and how they interact with the program. So if you present it that way, I I feel like employees will be generally excited about it and also senior leadership can get on board with that. Fantastic. Well, Curtis, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, the 2023 Ethical Culture Masterclass will take place on Tuesday, June 13th and Wednesday, June 14th to register please visit ethosphere.com slash events. 
Members of the Business Ethics Leadership Alliance receive complimentary passes. So use your 2023 access code or email Bella, that's B-E-L-A, at ethosphere.com for assistance. I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been The Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethosphere YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ethosphere. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.